Hello and welcome to the European Patients Podcast, representing the voice of patients in Europe. This podcast is brought to you by the European Patients Forum, the leading voice of patient organizations on the continent. My name is Dante and I'm the Communications Manager for EPF and your host on today's pod. For first-time listeners, I kindly ask you to hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with the most relevant and important stories, issues, and events surrounding patient-centered healthcare within Europe. On today's episode, we're discussing Liver Cancer Awareness Month, a global initiative working to raise understanding of this devastating disease and educate us about the signs and symptoms. We're joined by Marco Kodenjak, president of our friends and member of the European Liver Patients Association, or ELPA, to talk about the month and the different initiatives that they have undertaken to educate all Europeans about the third most common cause of cancer death globally. Welcome, Marco. Thanks for joining me today during your busy schedule. How's it going with all your events in October so far? So everything is fine. Thank you very much for for your question and uh, thank you very much for the invitation. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. I think we, we 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 talked about liver cancer a few months ago on the cobalt study, but now it's Liver Cancer Awareness Month, so it's uh, it's good that we have you here to discuss this. Um, one thing I want to bring up is that just last year alone, over nine hundred thousand people died with liver cancer globally. But typically, especially during the month of October, you never hear about this. Typically, October is always reserved for Breast Cancer Awareness Month or Pink Month. But liver cancer is uh, is quite a deadly form of cancer. So, why um, why the lack of awareness towards towards liver cancer? So, thank you very much for your question. It, it's true. So, together with you, we are trying to to make it more broader and more uh, knowledgeable uh, that that the liver patients and liver diseases are something really quite important, and uh, they are never in the news. You know, if you have a sec, if you have a liver disease, this is considered like no sexy. So if you die of a stroke or a heart attack, you were like heavy worker and you did your best to do to contribute to society. But usually when we hear about liver disease, uh, the majority of people connect this to heavy drinking and cirrhosis. And and that's probably why we don't hear so much about liver diseases and, and liver conditions. There are a number, and, and I can think now at at least 40 different liver diseases that can be fatal or lead to, to developing of liver cancer, but, but we don't hear about them. And I guess, especially this year, why is campaigning for raising awareness such an important initiative, especially for the liver patients community? So yes, we do think that we are at a point that is really a crossroad between uh, what is happening now and what will be happening in the future. Uh, if, if you see the, the number of people who are uh, diagnosed with liver cancer, we have a little less than 100,000 European citizens every year that need to face um, the, the diagnosis of liver cancer. And we have like around 90,000 people who die. From, from this disease every year here in Europe. And, and we are considering ourselves of having like a really top-notch healthcare services and healthcare providers. And we are still uh, with such a large burden of this disease and large burden of people who die with it. So with the uh, notion of Europe beating cancer plan, we think that we can really change this for, for patients or future patients in Europe. Now, in the beating cancer plan, does it specify on different forms of cancer or just kind of generalize it? So if you look at the documents that were presented by European Commission, they are a, 
really general documents about how to beat cancer, what to do, and they are general. But with our activities, we managed to get in some specific details that need to be included. For example, in the part of prevention, we need to do something on uh, on a communicable diseases in order to lower the cases of non-communicable diseases. Prior to that, uh, and to our knowledge, all the medical experts, they were just dividing uh, uh, every disease into two categories. So is it communicable or non-communicable? But we had to show that if we lower one, we will always lower the second one. So we stressed an official opinion to European Commission, and this opinion was included in the European Beating Cancer Plan, uh, together also with other partners that we are working with. But it states that if we lower the number of cases of hepatitis B and hepatitis C in Europe, we will also directly influence the people who are uh, diagnosed with liver cancer. Oh, that's a wonderful little small win for, for liver cancer at least. And as you kind of said before, it's the third most common cause of cancer death globally. And besides hepatitis B and C, what are the current challenges regarding liver cancer and I guess its prevention? So yes, the, the, the one really big thing is hepatitis B now, because the, the European countries have developed um, a regular vaccination about hepatitis C. So the idea is that we have no patients with hepatitis B. So if you are infected with hepatitis B and you live in European Union, you know that you have really limited access to, to the treatments or to people noticed you because everybody will say, oh, we already solved this issue with uh, mandatory vaccination about hepatitis B. But this is really not true because you have some patients that are faced with this diagnosis and we need to help them. Um, so there are several different things that are happening there also regarding hepatitis C or the heavy alcohol intake that we have in, in, in Europe. Um, and we, if we go forward further, we see challenges with fat in the liver. So I don't know about you, but if I want to eat properly and if I want to eat good food, healthy food, it's really difficult thing to do. So um, if I go to the store or if I go anywhere, it's really a, a, a difficult thing to choose the things to eat that would be healthy for, for myself. And if I just add one comparison there, because I'm, um, uh, because I have a car, I usually go with the car and I pour in uh, gasoline or some, uh, so gasoline or Petrol? Diesel? Oh, petrol, yeah, or diesel. <laughs> so it really makes a big difference if you choose it wrong. Because if you do it wrong, your car will not go. And do you ever think about the things that you are putting in your mouth? Me, no, because when I'm hungry, I just choose something from the fridge or I go to the store and buy something. I just want to be like, like full and I do not think about things are, is this good for my body? Is this good for, for the liver? And we should remember that liver is important because it's like a factory. So everything you put in your mouth goes through liver and, and it's dissected there. So around 500 different um, things your liver needs to do to process this food and beverages. And we, we are spending too much time choosing what are we going to eat and last time thinking about how is this going to affect our body. 
sorry if I went out of the uh, no, range. No, no, it's perfect. It's, it, it's, actually, it's actually perfect that you say that because, you know, I, I like to drink alcohol. I like to eat fatty foods. I think most people do, but especially during the pandemic, I mean, it's still continuing now, but for the past two years, most people were stuck inside. So they were probably eating more, buying more food, buying more delivery, drinking more probably because of some mental health, some depression, some boredom. So these problems were probably exacerbated much more during the past two years. So how does that actually affect liver cancer in, in the continent and globally, actually? Unfortunately, I, I need to agree with everything that you just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were inside. So the problems that we see as a patient association is like, you know, the lack of confidence of going to your uh, hospital or doctors for, for checkups. There were people that were diagnosed with early stages of liver cancer, and they just lost the confidence to go back to the doctor to do checkups because they are afraid of the COVID, of catching COVID, of the procedures. So I need to stress here a praise for uh, for hospital healthcare providers because all the necessary um, uh, infrastructure that needed to be here for chronic patients were or is here also during the pandemic. But we are now talking about patients that just got a diagnosis or patients that are living a lifestyle that could lead to liver cancer and it would be really wise for them to do the checkups. So we don't see these checkups and screening programs, it's, it's like zero. So we do hope that European Union and all the stakeholders and decision makers will try to think also about what are we doing to our health now where the, all the resources are just focusing on pandemic. So with the focus on just the pandemic, it's great because we will try to fight it but on the long run, we will have more cases of severe cases of any illness because we didn't do the proper early diagnosis or screening problem programs now. Now, one thing I wanted to just add in is kind of my own curiosity. I've seen there's a huge uptake in non-alcoholic beer these days, and that's kind of a, a marketing gimmick of a lot of beer producers. Is that something that liver, like a liver cancer awareness association like yourself would be interested in promoting or would that still have a negative effect on the, on the liver, despite the fact that it has no alcohol? So it, it's a great notion. I, <laughs> I do need to say that we are promoting drinking something like water. We were not uh, promoting drinking something like beer, even if it's uh, zero alcohol. But uh, I don't know. We developed a really good research project and idea for European Commission that every restaurant in the European Union should have one liter of free of charge water on the table yes. prior to have anything else. And this was just rejected but by the decision makers because it was not, uh, not something that we need to do now. But I do still think it's important because then maybe the children will not choose for beverages that are not good for their health, but they will prior to that drink at least one glass of water or and, and then they will choose a little bit differently. So I think with the small changes, we can really make a big difference in regards of non-alcoholic beer. Um, it's, a, it's a two sides of one coin, you know, <laughs> because you are promoting non-alcoholic beer and then what is the next step? So promoting um, non-smoking cigarettes 
And then maybe <laughs> in the next step is promoting no side effects cocaine. I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's more of a social issue, social stigma rather than rather than fat. So just drink more water in general. Three, be, three, be, three, three glasses when you wake up, three glasses before you go to bed and try to drink another liter during the day, I think. Yeah, I, I think we often forget. So when I'm traveling around the world, we often forget that we are living in a countries where, where fresh water is really easily accessible. Mm -hmm. So if you do something for your, for your life, for your health, just like drink regularly and, and try to have like two or three liters of water per day, which is good for your general health and also good for your liver, also good for your kidneys, uh, everything. And it's easy, accessible. And don't wait for the diagnosis. You can do that today. It's really easy, simple to do, because many of the patients that we encounter, they try to do lifestyle changes when uh, things are like, you know, you already have the diagnosis of liver cancer and you need to face that and you try to change your lifestyle. And then it's a little bit difficult, but you can do it today. So drink a glass of water now, listening to the podcast. And Marco, Besides this, how how do do uh, genetics play a role in liver cancer as well? Like, if your family has a history of, let's say, alcoholism, does that necessarily come into you, or is that more of a you know nature versus nurture situation? So yeah, I remember the uh, class I had in biology in my high school, and then the the nice professor said that we are product of the environment, of our self motivation and our genes. And in regards of liver patients, we should be careful because all these three factors are extremely important for, for fighting liver disease. So it's true. Yeah, if you have like um, um, parents, grandparents that were faced with some kind of a liver disease, so the chances are like good that you should also be aware that you should be focused on the prevention. But prevention doing all these three things so be careful about the family that you are coming from and try to stop the, the, the family going on. The second one is try to be focusing on the environment. So what you eat, what you drink, where you live. And the third one, which is also important, is the self-motivation, um, self-activation. So try to be proactive. Do not wait for the diagnosis to move you try to move towards better health and life now than later. The wise words and very, very important words. So I think hope people actually listen to them and, and take it into account. Um, now, during this month, among some of your activities, I see that you're launching a white paper on liver cancer together with Digestive Cancers Europe. Um, can you tell us a bit more about this? So yeah, that, that is true. So one of the projects that I was really excited about is this writing a white paper. So it took us like a year. We had several interviews with medical experts and also with patients. And we tried to identify the most burning medical needs for liver cancer patients up to date here and now. Because we think that this is like the first step into the journey to better health and care for, for liver cancer patients. So we wrote this in a matter of one year uh, together with different stakeholders. Uh, we had like five different um, recommendations that come from this white paper and they are like uh, raising the knowledge about liver on generally and liver diseases and liver cancer. Then the second one is prevention. 
So we would really like to see the European Union scale up the, the screening programs and, and prevention activities. So one thing that we checked, it's, it's extremely interesting to, to say here now. So we checked, uh, do we have programs for children? So are we saying to the children what they should eat or drink in the schools? And we saw that some countries have really nice documents. The documents are like, like top notch, but they are not using it. So we should also try to have some some um, some I don't know committees that will check if something that is already good and is on paper is used in in real time. So uh, the second one is is prevention. The third one is early diagnosis. So this is an important one for liver cancer patients. So if you look at the demographic structure of liver cancer patients, you can notice that people are faced with diagnosis like like 50 or up. So we are we are catching people that are really older and uh, we are part of the uh, one a big uh, European project financed by European Commission called Liver Screen and we do expect that this will be like a success story if it is the way that we are doing the liver checkups will change in European Union. So the company who is producing the medical devices that are used for checking up your liver um, agreed that they will change the production line and to do another kind of medical device that could be used in every pharmacy. So in, I don't know, in five or six years, Dante, we will have like the same conversation. And I will say to you, just go to the pharmacy and do the regular checkup of your liver and you will be able to do so with no extra uh, charge or, 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 or money. So, and this will significantly improve the early diagnosis of liver cancer patients. Because if, if the diagnosis is really early, there are a lot of things you can do. I don't know if you remember the Greek tale about uh, uh, about uh, who was the, the Prometheus yeah mm -hmm. so he gave I think he gave fire or something to the people and the gods punished him to 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 be chained to the wall and uh, and a bird came and ate his liver every day and every night the the liver was growing back so liver is the only organ that has really the capacity to grow back to to improve itself. So early diagnosis is crucial if you want to help people not to develop like really late stages of liver cancer. So this is the third part. So just two more. So uh, this, the fourth part of this white paper is better treatment and care. I don't know if you noticed, but if you uh, have a mother or you live in Portugal, you get a different kind of health care for if you are liver cancer patients. If you or if you live in Berlin or if you live in Ljubljana or if you live in Bucharest. So the treatment options and treatments of liver cancer patients throughout European Union are really different. So we think or we are proposing that you should have something like a basic health care uh, covered in the European Union for liver cancer patients. Um, and then the fifth one, the last part of this white paper I wanted to address is the patient involvement and empowerment. I don't know if you saw, but we have like trust issues. So people do not trust the medical doctors advising them on vaccination for COVID-19. So we have a mess there. And we think that the mess could be avoided 
if you use in a proper way the non-government sector, if you use the the collaboration of European Patient Forum, for example, or European Liver Patient Association. So we think that with better use of resources, we can avoid such things as a fake fake news or or um, deteriorating your health because of the news you are catching up in in I don't know Facebook, Twitter. Uh, so in this case, the patient involvement and empowerment of um, patients should be done by uh, patient communities, patient associations, and should be used more by the decision makers. Yeah, that's definitely one of our mandates as well. I mean, there's an issue at the moment with uh, uh, the termination of operating grants for civil society organizations, so this will have an effect, but we hope that they can be restored over the next couple of months because this is a, a huge important part. And you saw with COVID, especially with liver cancer, that hepatitis C and hepatitis B vaccines are quite important to help prevention and help diagnose. Um, so if if you can't get people to take COVID-19, other vaccinations might be even more difficult in the future. So it's quite important. Um, one issue I wanted to, to point out, uh, personally speaking, I actually have liver problems myself. Um, I think a bit of genetics and also I had malaria a few times when I lived in Africa and, uh, and that severely affects the liver and, and kidneys as well. And whenever I go to the doctors, they, they tell me that slowly my liver is getting better but I've never gotten checked for liver cancer specifically. Um, so in th this case, if I'm interested in doing it, is it best to just go to my local doctor or better to go to the hospital at the moment since the these kind of quick, quick screening tests are not available at pharmacies yet? So yeah, for, for now, the best thing for now, in the future and in the past, it was just to uh, communicate with your um, family doctor mm -hmm. and explain to that to him or her what is going on and ask for the best advice how to do how to proceed. Uh, and it's extremely important now in this COVID times to do the same because they are different ways of going to the healthcare healthcare centers and receiving healthcare in different countries in Europe. Okay, great. Right. So, so sure you should. Help. Try to stay in touch with your uh, family doctor and try to explain to him what is going on and ask him for advice how to proceed. Uh, before we go, okay, perfect. Thank you so much for that. Uh, just before we go to the final question, I wanted to ask about your event on October 22nd. Uh, yeah, so um, <laughs> before saying something about October 22nd, I just uh, need to say something on the white paper. Uh, it is important to stress that this white paper was developed together with TICE, so Digestive Cancers Europe. So it's two associations together developing this white paper, and this white paper launch will be on October 26th. Um, and, and we hope that we will bring a, a lot of attention to liver cancer. But prior to that October 26th, there will be a, an event on 22nd of October. So we use every a connection that we had to try to have an event that would be under the patronage of a country who is the current president's, uh, who has the current presidency to the European Union. And in this case, it was a little bit easier to do because myself, I'm from Slovenia, and now we have Slovenian presidency of European Union. Mm -hmm. And we will have an event that was developed by European Association for the Study of the Liver, where all the doctors and medical research are, and European Liver Patient Association, where all the patients are, and together we will have an event uh, under the Slovenian presidency of the Council of European Union. 
And the focus of this event will be, of course, on, on liver cancer. And we will try to show all the different facets, all different points that are important in, in fighting liver cancer in European Union. Well, it, I, it's going to be a great event. We're going to attend for sure. Um, one thing I've noticed is the great engagement that you get all over uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. So I think your message is, is slowly but surely being amplified and you're doing a great job of doing that. Um, as a kind of a final question, I want to say that October is now your month. It's Liver Cancer Awareness Month, but it should count the whole year. So what can we as you know, patient organizations, as civil society representative, as regular people do to spread your message this month and every day of the year? So thank you very much, Dante, for that question and idea. So it would be really great if you can uh, spread the message about liver cancer patients, because we think that they are really neglected in, in view of other things that are going on. As you know, October is a little bit pink. It's focused on breast cancer, but maybe that's a good thing because if you raise awareness about breast cancer and cancers in general, you are also raising awareness of other cancers, uh, liver cancer included. So it would be great if we can spread the message because participation on this event, it's uh, free of charge. So uh, you just need to know where to register uh, you can check the ELPA webpage or the webpage of ESL, so European Association for, for the Study of the Liver. Uh, and, and you can go to the event, you can listen to the event. The great thing would be if you ask also some questions, uh, because at the event of 22nd, we will try to have all the past medical experts in, in, in focusing on liver cancer. Um, that's it, I, I don't know. <laughs> So, so, so try try to use your voice. So I, I usually say at the end of everything, together we are stronger. And and you just said, yeah, we have things on Twitter. We have things that are going on on social media. So yeah, if you are trying to help us, it would be great if you can um, spread the message about this event on the 22nd and uh, the white paper launch on the 26th. It would be really great to see like, uh, you know, the general public engagement. So. If you want to attend, you are more than welcome. If you are not able to attend, please do spread the message because maybe one of your friends is interesting in, in liver, liver something, and he would be there. And overall, drink less alcohol, drink more water, eat less fatty foods. <laughs> yes, if we can demand all that from, from <laughs> people who are listening to this podcast. So uh, I think that... Um, the the main message at the end should be like do not wait for any kind of diagnosis so any kind of i don't know people do change their lifestyle if they have a heart attack if they have like problems with health do not be in the position that you need to change your lifestyle when it's too late so try to do it now because if you do not do it for yourself do it for your family if you are healthy that's good for your kids you are you are home full with energy playing with them if you are unhealthy and you are in hospital i don't know you can be great to, to the nurses but but to the doctor or <laughs> try to do better care for yourself and your health because oh well, maybe one thing for the end so we are trying to do more 
proactive approach to health. So we should understand that the health is something that not the doctors are responsible for, but we are responsible for. And we should use the knowledge of the doctors to help us maintain better health. So health is in your hands and try to do what you can to maintain it as long as you can. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Marco. It was an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. I wish you the best of luck in promoting. We'll be, we're glad to help you promoting Liver Cancer Awareness Month. And uh, we'll see you on the 22nd at your next event. Yeah, thank you very much, Dante. It was a pleasure speaking to you. And until next time. Thank you once again to Marco Kodenjak of ELPA for joining us today to raise awareness about liver cancer. Unlike other preventable cancers, which are either stable or in decline, liver cancer is steeply on the rise. It is now the sixth most common cancer and the third leading cause of cancer-related deaths. To tackle this growing burden, it is essential that the right measures are implemented to ensure prevention and early detection, to address inequalities, and thus reduce the rising curve of liver cancer. For more information about ELPA and their initiatives this month, please visit the website www.elpa.eu or join the conversation on Twitter. That's it for today's episode of the European Patients Podcast, your source for all things related to patient advocacy in Europe. We are the EPF, the leading voice of patient organizations in Europe, with 77 members across the continent. We're now one week away from the virtual EPF Congress 2021, with registration officially closing on the 22nd of October. The final program and speaker list can all be found on our event site, epfcongress.eu. There's still time, so please join us to explore the digital transformation of healthcare. We'll see you next time in the pod. Stay safe and be well.